Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week of Pre-IPO Stock Podcast. With me, I got Nick Fusco, CEO of 8View, a pre-IPO mark, uh, secondary market pricing company, and Clint Sorensen, Chief Investment Officer at WellShield, an outsourced CIO and investment research company. All right. So the thing that everybody has been talking about this past weekend, we're doing this on Monday, right, is OpenAI, right? So big news from OpenAI. The board of directors this past Friday fired Sam Altman, who was their CEO, Greg Brockman, who was the president, and a handful of other employees also resigned kind of in protest. Uh, this whole weekend, OpenAI's investors were trying to bring Altman back and Brockman back and these other employees. But uh, but late last late yesterday, uh, OpenAI's board announced that Emmett Shear is the interim CEO. So Shear used to be the CEO of Twitter, or I'm sorry, of Twitch, excuse me, Twitch, and uh, which is an ant now an Amazon company, and he just resigned uh, last year, so he's been sitting on the bench. So he's going to come in now, be uh, interim CEO, and um, also Microsoft announced this morning that Altman, Brockman, and several of their these, these quote unquote colleagues will be joining Microsoft to run a new AI research business. So that's kind of the short and sweet, like exact facts that have come out over the last three days. But I wanted to open up to you guys, like what are your thoughts on OpenAI and uh, kind of some of the changes that are making? And perhaps what do you think about the opportunities for the company going forward? Damn. I mean, I'll jump in. Uh, this is pretty common, right? We see founders getting canned by boards. I mean, think back right. through any any startup company. I mean, you name the big company, it happens more than it doesn't, right? The the Steve founder Jobs. that Steve Jobs. You think about uh, the founder of Uber, Travis. I mean, right. look, this is a story that keeps repeating itself throughout uh, throughout our space. However, the way it was done was was quite different. Um, yeah. And all the, I mean, from a PR perspective, this has just been a governance nightmare. Um, especially when you're talking about a company as as pivotal and as important as as OpenAI is. I mean, we're talking offline, guys. I don't know if you use this tool. Uh, I mean, the data analysis tool, the 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 training it now, like from the developer side, where. You don't even need development skills. You can develop the AI to do certain things that you want it to do. It is incredible how fast it continues to develop and grow. And so right. this is a really important company and to have this happen over the weekend. And then all the backtracking and noise, is uh, it's disheartening for someone that's passionate about the company and what they're doing, right? So it'll be right. interesting how they how they clean this up. They got clean up on all four. That's for sure. They definitely, yeah, you're right. Def they definitely have some clean up. Nick, what do you think? What do you think of all this? Yeah, I think by the time we're done talking and we publish this a few hours later or a day later, uh, it's old news. Yeah, um, you're right. That's, that is literally how fast everything seems to be happening. And I like the, the, shit, the reflection back to like a Steve Jobs. You know, he was, he was at the helm and then he was gone and then he was brought back quite a while later. And then right. more recently, you have kind of like Ryan Peterson over at Flexport. He was right. gone and, hey, very quickly he was kind of back. And this one, he's gone and they were like, oh, no, let's bring him back. Like yeah. all within what seemed to be a 36-hour period. You know, so it, it's almost reflective of the technology itself. As Clint was saying, you can get 
substantially more work done. Everyone is expecting everything in pretty much damn near real time here. Um, and, and it's almost no different with the, the corporate governance. So right. very, very excited to, to see what was actually occurring behind the scenes, which I don't think anyone has a very clear pulse on. I think Good we've point. heard some, some rumors out there to, to guess at what, what could have been happening, but it has to have been uh, rather substantial for that for that to occur and create this whole PR quasi nightmare, or maybe it was a, a yeah. I don't think this is a stunt type of activity. You know, it's no. not. It's not yeah, that right. level. Um, right. But but no, I think no matter what, you you're kind of setting yourself up for the next phase of huge success in the AI world, whether it's under the the dominance of Microsoft or with many many players leading the charge here. Um, yeah. Open AI. Uh, not sure exactly what's occurring with the tender and things like that. But right. yeah, I, I think this this stuff kind of does have a spook effect to the investors and it's interesting to watch it play out within the private market as opposed to the public. So yeah, we're, we're, sure. we're looking at, uh, at it from the performance angle at APU and over the course of the next next week, are are going to be able to benchmark their activity at OpenAI versus the activity at Microsoft, and that's sure. a nice, cool play of what's the correlation between uh, uh, one of the the biggest backers of the of the company and technology versus the underlying technology itself. We're seeing yeah. more of those dynamics at play between public and private markets. So yeah, we're we're all over this. We're 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 actually enjoying some of the volatility um, yeah. from a news or research perspective. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens when when the dust settles, right? And Clint, like you mentioned, we were talking about this before we started. I mean, no doubt we'll probably talk about this next week and probably the week after as well, right? But like when the dust settles, I think I think mean, I think you guys are right. This is a special company with like a really special product that seems to be light years ahead of everywhere else. So I have to imagine some incredible people will still want to come and work at OpenAI and kind of realize the the vision of what this this could be. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, like, after a few deep breaths, this happening on a Friday right over the weekend probably just sent everything into exponential tailspin, you know, where if it happened on like a Tuesday, <laughs> it might not have been this way. But, yeah. but it, you know, like it, it'd be interesting to see, let it, <clears throat> excuse me, eat through this week and and uh, kind of come back and revisit it next week and, and kind of see see where things are at. But uh, but uh, it's okay. crazy that, to watch that, it play out on X too, right? Uh, like it's playing out in front of our eyes on X. Like I'm over here looking at Sam Altman's tweet that he just yes. did uh, 43 minutes ago, and he says, "My top top priority remains to ensure OpenAI continues to thrive." We are committed to fully providing continuity of operations to our partners and customers. The OpenAI Microsoft partnership makes this very doable. So. You know, it, he's saying the right things, but what's it going to look like? Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I think you got to wait till the dust settles. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's because huh? you know, like in two weeks' time or a week's time, this will probably be flushed through, and then it's either a big deal or it's not. You, you know what I mean? Or who knows? Maybe it's even better. You know, I'm an yeah. optimist. <laughs> you know, it could, it could even be better. Yeah. So like, yeah, right. So so. Um, so, uh, but at any rate, I mean, come on, Microsoft's got $11 billion invested into that company, right? I mean, there's real money uh, at play here. So I, I got to imagine cooler heads will prevail and the smart people are going to figure this out, right? Um, it's just going to take a little bit of time. That's all. But, uh, yeah. but okay, that's, that's open AI. All right. Other big topic this weekend. This is a, a grand slam of a weekend, right? I mean, we had that. 
We had this next topic, SpaceX. The crew CEO resigned, and this guy Javier in Argentina won for president. It was like a crazy news weekend, right? A uh, mess. <laughs> crazy. If you haven't watched like, have you heard some videos, of that guy oh, have you heard that guy snippets? Wow. Oh my gosh. Like Dude. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter what kind of political stuff you're into. You just got to listen to it because it's like his. He's got veins. He's like yelling at people. It's like he's very passionate about what he believes in. That's that's. And he he but, was uh, elected president, man. He's. I know. I think about. I know. It's it's going to be interesting. So it was I a wild weekend. Everybody watch snippets. Yeah, yeah it's, super it's, it's very entertaining. Very interesting. But the, the uh, okay, so, so so SpaceX, so Starship is the new rocket for SpaceX. Okay, and the reason that Starship is important is it's like five x the payload and like a fraction of the cost to launch Starship into space. It's wild. So SpaceX already has a massive lead on everyone in delivering payload to space. Starship comes on board. It's just gonna like accelerate it. The moat just got even bigger, right? Um, so look, we don't need to get into it. The Starship is like um, 40, uh, 40 stories tall. To put that, like, to lock that into your brain, that is a huge rocket, right? The thing is massive. But did you guys watch it? Uh, what did you think? It was a successful launch, right? They kind of did this hot stage separation, which I think was the primary goal. And they did that, right? They also didn't want to blow up the launch pad. They also did that. So both the two things that they were really focused on. Uh, they got done, but did you guys watch it? What did you think? Like, like, what did you think, Nick? Did you, what did you did you watch the launch? I uh, not in real time, but I did watch it, and okay. I, I think the the sheer magnitude of the size. So clearly, not all forty stories are going to be useful for um, transport, right? But the cost reduction aspect, and I, I'm taking my nerd cap off about how exciting it is to watch things go into outer space or, or yeah. orbit or just explode, <laughs> just generally, right? right? But right. Um, the cost reduction and the amount that a starship could carry is just outrageous and yes bring that back to uh, the future of transport and, and kind of um circumventing aspects of potential shipping and things like that it, it's a huge uh ad advance in in kind of the whole sector you know right. you're you're gonna actually give shipping com companies a run for their money in a certain uh, amount of time and for that purpose alone i think it's outrageous like the size of that freaking rocket Plus yes. how much it can carry and the speed at which it can operate or cost at which it can eventually operate um, is, is just incredible. So yeah, yeah. This, this is, I think, a great benefit to humankind, as nerdy as that sounds. But for the transport industry, it's a massive shakeup, huge lead. Uh, if it, For anyone that, that was kind of naysaying and saying, oh, it blew up, uh, I think that's complete BS at this point. Yeah. Uh, we're, yeah. we're making great strides. Yeah, Clint, what do you think, man? And I think I, I think it just opens up a completely different economy, and it is opening up a completely different economy. Not necessarily space, but just I mean everything. Whether it's travel, whether it's like you said, freight forwarding, freight moving, moving a freight, um, whether it's you know waste management, right? Whether whatever right. it is, that you start to think about all the different avenues of growth and platforms. And like we talked about in our last podcast, right? Multiple trillion dollar companies could easily emerge yeah. from this platform business that is SpaceX. So um, they continue to do great things, continue to push boundaries. And I, I can't add any more to what Nick said about this particular incident, but I think it just from a stepping, stepping backward and looking at the platform itself, I think this just continues to reiterate the strength of that platform. Yeah. 
and like OpenAI in the AI uh, natural language processing field, this there's no comp- who's competing. Yeah. There's zero competitors in this space. So, um, like you said, moat continues to get wider. Um, I'm a SpaceX bull here. Yeah. Well, I will say this. I, so I hadn't watched one of the launches like live. You know what I mean? Um, you guys got to do it. I, I, there's something like, this is where Nick, I put like my little kid hat on, right. Where it's like, you know, it's a rocket going into space. Like that's cool. I watched it live and like the anticipation and the buildup of like, is it going to go? Are they going to hold, you know, like the whole thing. And then it goes and you're like seeing it and it's just this huge rock and the, the, the plume of smoke. It's like, it's like what you guys said. It's like mankind. It's like mankind. It's like special. You feel like you're like watching history happen. It's incredible. You know, um, it's really incredible. But I did think, Clint, I got to tell you, I was like, would you get on a rock? Would I get on a rocket? Because I used to go to Beijing a lot. Right. And that's a 13 hour flight. And I'm like, man, I bet that's like probably 30 minutes on the rocket. You know what I mean? Like, like exactly. when, you, when I go on the rocket, when I go on the rocket to yeah, go to Beijing, I, you know? Well, what, probably I mean, would. I go on a rocket. The, inter, the interim yeah. step is just getting the Concorde back, right? I mean, that was a thing. Right. Late childhood for us, I guess that was that was really. Concorde was the, cool. Uh, Concorde epitome cool. of class and speed, you know, very, very interesting. But, I mean, we're just skipping over that. You know, oh yeah, hop into a rocket right to right to thirty minutes. There. Yeah, it's not fast. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a uh, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty special thing. But you guys got to do it. I'll make sure I'll let you know when they're because okay. So Musk said he, he's already queuing up. Like another one's supposed to go up in three or four weeks time. Like they have three more already built, so they're like fitting it out. And then I I, I think we're going to start to see a Starship go up like every couple like every two months until they start to land them. I mean, it's it's like really special um so and starlink's ramping up too so they're gonna have more cash and they're gonna even know what to do with that thing's gonna start throwing off cash they're gonna have plenty of capital to like build these rockets and and give it a go so yeah it's gonna be interesting okay last topic which is ai related naturally we can't get away from it okay so brex and ram both announced that they are launching ai solutions right so brex and ramp are both kind of in this like business payments hr payments you know type stuff um, you know, more like focused on business banking, if you will, and kind of HR services. So they both announced um, they both announced these these AI solutions. Here's the thing: so like banking is like that's like personal information, right? So it's one thing to come in and have a you know AI do the first draft of your document or run some numbers for you or something, right? Where you can like maybe double check them before they go in. It's another thing to like turn this on for banking at your company where the AI is like spitting out information to people and then they're like taking that as Bible and then using it. Right. So this is my question to you guys. Are you, are you, I mean, you guys are business owners. Are you guys comfortable with the output of AI and just using that straight up at this point? Like no double check or no first draft, just like the AI just gave me a number and I'm like putting that into a database and using it as gold or, I'm, you know, or, or I'm, I'm pre- presenting that to my customers, right? And they're going to now be using this data that's coming out of the AI. Like, are you guys there? Are you guys there yet? Clint, Clint's nodding, so he can hammer on that one first. Yeah, I, I'm not there yet um, in terms of not double checking. That was the key thing. Would I double check the data and then use it? The answer is yes, right? I mean, there's got to be quality control eventually. 
quality control will be AI quality control. So then we're like, what are we, what are we doing here? But, uh, <laughs> but right now, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, but right now I think it's very important to, to exercise quality control because they are, the models are so new, but I do right. that. And typically they're pretty accurate. Like I was giving you guys that data example I used earlier. Uh, I tested that and built that on my own too. And it was the exact same output. So, Oh, that's cool. Um, and it did it 10 X faster than I did it. So, you know, if wow. you think about if you think if you think about what we're currently seeing, especially in like Chat GPT four, I'm seeing pretty good stuff come out now. As far as this is concerned, right? Because they are doing the data analysis piece. That's why I mentioned that. So if you're assuming if you're considering that that's all this is is how much did I like I saw in the advertisement how much did I spent on Uber last week or whatever it is. Yeah, I think from that perspective, that data is just input calculation output. I don't. I think you're going to have a lot less in error okay. with this type of AI than you would something more complex. But sure. so I would probably be faster to trust this than in you know something else that's not, that's a little more complicated. But like when we start talking about drawing inferences from data or predictions yeah. or drawing you know trends from that data, that's where I'm going to start to question the model. But I think very simple reporting back how much you spent at a certain place, sure. right? I think that that's going to, again, this is going to, repl- eventually this is going to replace those types of industries. Accounting, bookkeeping, gone. Uh, financial advice, if you're just doing like a basic financial plan in Monte Carlo, gone. Basic asset allocation, those type of things, gone. When you start the legal work, contract work that doesn't have nuances, yeah. very simple LLC formation, et cetera, gone and then eventually yeah, yeah. um probably everything gets doubled up by ai but i think you can easily draw a clear cut path to those those things being trusted uh before others but not yeah, not at this right. point sorry for the long right. answer but no, no no a lot to unpack good answer good answer nick what do you think yeah uh in some regards i might hit it slightly different um less from a research but more from a we would be a data provider into research as inputs. We have to make sure our our quality is kind of paramount to everything else. So we can and are exercising some aspects of four eyes checking, turning into two eyes plus AI. Uh, So that for us works very, very well, particularly when you use the uh, two eyes to check or two eyes to train service into the AI and then validate with another set of eyes you can really amplify the speed at which you get things done with mm. the same degree of quality, if not better. Mm. So that's pretty mm. big. Uh, but it, but I, I would kind of hop in here and just say how incestuous all of these things are related. When we're talking about X and like or Twitter or Starlink and then everything aspect, uh, all the other aspects of SpaceX and Microsoft. So Satya Nadella is also a big investor into uh, Ramp. So that that's an interesting one. And when you're looking at it, the, the utilization of a ramp that can now uh, exercise most of what's occurring through OpenAI, uh, as opposed to maybe bringing some of that in-house, and I'm not as familiar with, with what Rex are operating on, uh, I, right. I think there's going to be huge benefit of, of having that ability to outsource and use the best in breed. As we all, we've all kind right. of come accustomed to or heard, like, there's nothing that's going to beat out OpenAI right now. And this is what we need to embed ourselves with. So 
Like when you're using a ramp, you can you can operate within Teams. Guess what? Another Microsoft component. Um, yeah. And have all those aspects of asking it the interesting questions. How much does John spend on restaurants versus Mary, and who's taking more customers out, and all that stuff, which I think is really exciting. Uh, but potentially, it's also training certain models and everything related to uh, what's occurring over at Microsoft. Uh, really, really wild stuff. But I, but I think their ability to really focus on what is core and most important on the credit side, rather as, as opposed to let's say the banking side, which right. is more for Brex, which wants to integrate your accounting, your banking, and your credit. Uh, that strategy is kind of paying off. Uh, we did right. some analysis of the of companies in the space, I think back in August, and we did Ramp, we looked at Brex, and then a couple publics, so Bill.com and Expensify. Okay. Uh, and at the time, I think Brex was 50% bigger. Uh, Bill was another double the size of Brex. And then they were, Brex and Ramp were about the same. Now we're seeing ramp outpace Brex, even though it's a newer uh, a newer player to market. They're they're priced up another half a billion since that time. And then Brex is down by about a billion and a half. Mm. So even though ramp was later to market, it seems as though the, the market, the secondary market is receiving them better and they've even priced uh, around somewhat recently. So I, I would say that these guys are killing it. They're they're executing extremely well. They're they're very focused on, on what they're uh, what they're doing. Um, and I, I kind of want to see if Brex is going to catch up. Catch up, but yeah, yeah. But but the the founding story of Brex is also very interesting. X Y Combinator started out creating a um, virtual reality type startup, and then realized it was a pain in the butt to get credit cards. And they're like, okay. "Oh, we should do this," or some, we'll do that something instead. along those lines. But it was yeah. it was as profound as that. Um, but I love I love seeing how quickly some of these unicorns are evolving. You know, right? Yeah. Well, this was like, you know, there was a time where it's like every company is going to be a fintech company, right? That like everyone right. will integrate embedded finance or something, right? And now it's like, I think every company is quickly becoming an AI company, right? And they're using you know, part open of AI part as the anthropics. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's, right, right, right. But I just, I, I'm like in your guys' camp, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not there yet where I'm like ready to turn on the AI to just, you know, like op operate, you know, like. The true litmus test for me would be once they hook this thing up to a voice, which you probably someone could probably do this today, and you, you're you're doing outbound sales calls, right, to like raise capital in a venture fund, and you're calling investors, and it's the AI is just talking for you using and you my voice. Insider sales that would be so good. inside wholesalers. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, but like, you, you're you're cool to do that when you're selling like ten dollar widgets. You know, you're not cool to do that when you're raising half a million bucks. But look, even if they could sell $10 widget stick, like I would love to start a widget company and have the AI go out and sell for me to sell $10 widgets. I'll do that all day long. That'd be great. I just, like, I just don't, I like, that would be, that to me is so dynamic. Right. And uh, I can't even imagine Nick, like in a business like yours, like, like you're in the data business. The data's gotta be perfect. Right. So like, how do you just rely on that? You know? The, the thing with the banking, though, is there's something about access to like per people's personal data like that, like the AI is monitoring your personal data, your personal banking data for your business or you individually. And and, you know, there's like security stuff around that. There's is it using it for other places in the data? Like some of that stuff is just, man, like I don't you don't think I'm not that's there been yet, done you know? for the last 20 years. Like, 
yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure the bank has data. I'm sure it's at other places, but there's something about an AI. There's something about an AI where it's like getting pulled into the, it's getting pulled into the decision-making engine that it's, you know, potentially going to get used in other places. It's still like, you know, I know Databricks and other folks have solutions. Microsoft have solutions to like kind of segment that off and apply the model to just like a specific. So I, I get that there's like smart people you, that you are. Sound, you making sound sure like a happen. geriatric millennial. You sound like a geriatric millennial there. I am, man. I'm the, I'm the oldest millennial there is. So I, I'm firmly <laughs> in the geriatric millennial segment. But, you know, look, I think it's just it's like what Clint said, though. It's the testing, right? Like. You know, as you get used to it and it's happening more, it's more pervasive, right? And and then it just becomes like a natural part of our lives. Just like, you know, people doing apps on phones or mobile banking, like that was like, ooh, yikes. Like you're gonna bank online? Like, isn't that is that not safe? Like now everybody banks online. It's like, you know, it's a it's a function of life. So right. you know, I think it's it's a, it a maybe a, the geriatric millennial in me just needs a bit of time to well, to kind of get comfortable I, with it. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty comfortable with it just generally, because it's almost along the lines of the, the, the time efficiency that Clint expressed before, because think about, you, you've had companies out there in the alt data space that have sold these data sets for, for ages. Right. You know, and, and we know somebody that started the, the firm called Antenna, which will effectively look at um, what credit card payments are for things like Netflix and, mm-hmm. and Disney and things like that. So you know, ahead of earnings calls, oh, you know what? You got... X percent increase or decrease in family spend for uh, Netflix. You know, this is not absurdly clever, but it's it's getting clever to the point of tell me the percent spend changes between John and Mary on this type of thing, or relative to when we hook it up to the revenue John or Mary are creating for the company. How much are they each spending relative to um, how much they're they're creating? And that right, I just think is right. clever. You know that that's yeah. where you you have an analyst doing it, and now you kind of have this. You just have yeah. to dream up the the right questions for it. So I don't I don't think the dangers are are terribly different, unless we just trust it wholeheartedly without validating it. But at some yeah. point, like yeah, you're you're, you're going to be at a tipping point where you're not even going to understand what's going into that thing to understand to to know why you got a certain output. Um. And you better have a, a pretty cool data yeah. scientist to, to unlock it if they can. Yeah, but it's like Wikipedia. I, I, yeah, you just trust yeah, it. Now. Yeah, you're just going to trust it. Not to be cheeky, oh. not to be cheeky, but remember Wikipedia came out and I remember professors. I think I was in college. Like, you yeah. can't use Wikipedia as a source. That's you not can't use Wikipedia source. as a source. You know? Yeah. But now, like, you know, you, half the stuff you Google, it comes up, it's from Wikipedia. Right, so like, I you're like, Absolutely. oh, that's the answer. So, well, and now I wonder, if, funnily enough, uh, X Twitter used to rely on Wikipedia quite substantially to validate who uh, who's a legitimate company or a person, like a notable, right. notable person. And now they've they've gotten rid of that completely. They're just like, give us your nine dollars. You know, right. so <laughs> I, I wonder right. if Wikipedia's <laughs> progress is actually slowing relative to that as well. It could. Um, it it's could all be. interrelated, and so it, it, it's nuts. We got to get. I don't know, one of Elon Musk or Satya Nandela to sponsor this freaking podcast at one point. Because it all comes <laughs> back to Google or, or Microsoft or, or whomever else. Meta. Every, every day it's the time. Magnificent Seven. Yeah. We're just a big bunch of Magnificent Seven supporters over here when it comes That's to, right. uh, That's when right. it comes to our yeah, content. We try, we're trying to talk about Brex and Ramp here, uh, but even, even they are invested in 
Um, so I think they, they, they do have a few other notable investors, of course. But interestingly, um, like, you know, when you search something and it pulls up on Quora instead right. of Wikipedia now. So Quora, I believe their CEO also invested in Ramp. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's wild. Um, very, very, very interesting. But they also have, sorry, uh, D1 and Code 2. Right. Notably within uh, the backing of Ramp along with the Founders Fund. Right. Well, fellas, this was quite a weekend. I will say that. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to hopefully a slower week with the holiday here. So um, so at any rate, let's, let's end it there. I know, Clint, Clint, you guys scoot, right? But but appreciate yeah. you guys' time this week. I hope you have a very nice Thanksgiving, right? And, uh, and yeah, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Talking to you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, fellas. Appreciate it. All right, bye.